Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Centerpoint Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're thankful you're here with us, enjoying a sweet time of jumping in God's Word, learning about Him, and applying it to our lives. And we're hoping that this is Christmas Day, or shortly after yes. that you're listening to this. Yes, if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, uh, Merry Christmas to you. We're recording on December 19th, which is a few days before Christmas. Not Christmas Day. Yes, but it's <laughs> this will hit... The web on Christmas Day. Yeah, it will. It will. So, so let's let's talk about Christmas movies. Favorite Christmas movie ever. I'm Go. all about them, and it'll take me about 15 minutes to explain. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, just I'm glad kidding. I ask. I love Christmas carols. All the Christmas Dickens Christmas Carol movies. They're my favorite. But my absolute favorite is the ni- favorite is the 1951 with Alistair Sim. He does the best job. The Scrooge. So you're familiar with the other ones, and you know that one's better. I am. Oh, I am. deliberate man, he strikes mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Well, George my, e. Scott, you know Mickey Mouse. I mean, you know you Mickey have, uh, Mouse. Mickey Mouse did one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jim sick. Carrey did one. Okay. Yeah, 1938 well, was first one of the first ones. My, mine is just simply "It's a Wonderful Life," but I don't even know what year it was made. I mean, sometime in the 40s oh, or 50s. That was. When was that? Probably 39, 40, something like I'm that. I'm guessing yeah, mid-40s. I like that one. Yeah. But but probably... If Zuzu's we were gonna... pedals! Zuzu's pedals! <laughs> <laughs> Prob- also, I like Elf, too. That's a funny one. That but, is a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably, though, if you polled the average Americans... they Our would... age, maybe? Maybe, yes. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. probably would identify a Charlie Brown Christmas. Hey, that is a good one. Yes. That is good. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. It shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's pretty I awesome. Tell you, I love that. I know that it's, is it's so weird. Sweet. I'm listening to that, and it's like it's like I'm eight years old sitting mm-hmm. in my parents' house watching that. Mm-hmm. You know, on a Saturday night, or whatever it was, when it was only on. It was only on one time, and you had to know when it was coming yeah. because if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. Well, we want to we want to look at that account today, the Luke two account. And and talk through that a little bit. Yeah, I think it'd be a good thing to uh, really kind of unpack the Christmas story a little bit and just yeah. kind of jump in there, look at the the people, the the process, the plan that God had set in place, especially in Luke two, roughly one to twenty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that's amazing to me after we hear Linus read that passage is how God uses His creatures to accomplish His plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly this is the, you could say, the pinnacle climax of all of of history. Mm-hmm. I mean, either the birth or the death and resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. one of the two, right. you know? And think of all the creatures, even beyond Luke 2, you include the Matthew passage. Mm-hmm. You know, 
all the creatures that are involved in this. Yeah. I mean, the you have you have people Caesar Augustus who's in charge at the time and he, you know, he is no clue mm-hmm. about anything in the Old Testament. Yeah, King and, Herod, yeah, who does know the Old Testament, I mean, he he wasn't really Jewish, but he was the king of the Jews, yeah. and he should have known, the, he had advisors who knew the yeah, Old Testament, yeah. let's say it that way. So you have advisors. That brings there you point. go, yeah. Yeah, the advisors that, that were looking at the different you know, different passages, different different things, and coming to the conclusion that this is happening yeah. as it is. You got the, the Magi, or what we call the wise men, who mm-hmm. are coming from afar. Now they, The they three show, kings? Well, maybe. Uh, okay. um, <laughs> Just kidding. But they, they show up kings. probably maybe a year yeah, after, yeah. okay? Because Jesus is, is identified there by a word that means toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they're part of the, they're part of the yeah. account. And then you go in a little closer, you have... You've got Joseph, you have Mary, mm-hmm. you know, an, an angel appeared to each one of them, you yeah. know, it's a creature. The heavenly you know. host, which we assume is a bunch of angels, okay? Right. You know, some versions say a company of angels, uh-huh. you know? You um, got what we call the star, which I know that might not seem like a creature, but it is. Mm-hmm. All creature means is something that was created. Mm-hmm. God created the stars. Now, there's a question whether that really was a star, but anyway, this light that mm-hmm. was there was certainly mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. And we oh don't forget the innkeeper and the people that uh, that heard the message after after people saw Jesus okay you know, all right so. all right the, anybody else I, I, there's nobody I really know. that important I mean I think we hit everybody all the important people we've we've already hit yeah the only people after like you know lowly yeah the be, ones that don't really matter and that would be the Shepherds. Oh, they don't mean anything. The shepherds. shepherds they're worthless. They're scoundrels and thieves. You can't trust them. <laughs> well, actually, that's very true. So, that's yeah, very true. And I'm getting ahead of us here on purpose. Mm-hmm. But the point is that God uses creatures to accomplish his plan. And what we want to talk about today, as you can kind of tell by our kidding around there, we're going to talk about the shepherds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I know the shepherds are, are a group of people that really interest you, Billy. And so why don't you talk to us a little bit about the shepherds and, and who they were in the day and, and really yeah. just all biblical history. Well, if you, if you really sit and think about historical figures that were shepherds, we go to the very beginning in Genesis, and then we're taking a pause from our series in the Old Testament, but Abel was really the first shepherd. Yeah, that's he, right. He tended, he tended a flock. He tended uh, animals. Uh-huh. Uh, we move forward a little bit, and you have, you have Abraham. Who was a who was a shepherd, and so was his nephew Lot. Now they say Abraham uh, was very rich, so would that mean you think he probably had a lot of sheep, or uh, a lot of mo- animals? Guaranteed, whatever? guaranteed he okay. did. You okay. know, they when they made the decision of which side of the where which direction to go to tend their to tend their animals because of the uh, Lot and Abram, they couldn't send them at the same place because it would ruin the oh ruin the so ground. many. So okay. so okay. Abra, Abra, Abram went one way and Lot went the other way. Unfortunately, Lot chose the wrong yeah the yeah, wrong side. Know what happens there? So you have Abram, Abraham, uh-huh. and then you have his son um, Isaac. Isaac, and then you have his son Jacob. All those men were shepherds. All those men were shepherds, and then a very famous shepherd that we haven't even mentioned yet is David. Uh, David spoke on shepherding, and we find so many things in Psalms about him being a shepherd. We know in Samuel that he was tending his his dad's flock out in the you know out in the fields. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Samuel came to choose a, to being guided by God for a king, David wasn't even thought of. He was just out in the fields. Yeah, because the other brothers are there, and they all look good. And you know, and David's and, out taking care of those stupid yep. sheep. 
<laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And God said, man looks at the outward, but God is a discerner of the heart. You missed one. Is, who did I miss? Moses. That's right. Moses, from the year, from he, roughly 40 years old to 80 years old, okay. after he escaped from Egypt, he became a shepherd in the wilderness. Mm. So we've got a lot of grand people in our Bible that we would think very highly of that are shepherds. So it's strange what happens really in the first century. There's a big turn that happens throughout the ages where when we come to the first century, they're not treated that way. Who aren't? The um, shepherds? The shepherds. The shepherds aren't. Actually, uh, there's a guy named Jeremiah. And um, let me read this little bit here. Um it says, shepherds, specifically hireling shepherds, that's someone that doesn't own the sheep or has uh, has ownership of the sheep, but has just been hired to be, to take care of the and sheep. And they're called a hireling. They're called a hireling. You, Hired it's referenced hand. in where? John 10, I believe. It is exactly mm-hmm. right. John 10. So specifically hireling shepherds had a rather unsavory reputation. Jeremiah cites rabbinic sources to the effect that most of the time they were dishonest and thieving. And they led their herds into other people's land, pilfered their produce. Because they were often months at a time without supervision, they were accused of stealing some of the increase of the flock. And uh, people were warned not to buy wool, milk, or kids, little lambs from shepherds, always under the assumption that it was stolen property. That's interesting. And I've got another quote here from a guy named Randy Alcorn, who's a, who's a pretty famous author. And he's, he's kind of making the same point you are, that... That in Abraham and Isaac's day, shepherds were, I mean, would you say they were respected? No, they were they were the lowest of the low. Even they in were, Abraham's day? Oh, well, in Abraham's day? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they were probably more highly okay, thought of. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So Alcorn is trying to explain the same progression that you're referencing. And here's what he says. When the 12 tribes of Israel migrated to Egypt, they encountered a lifestyle foreign to them. The Egyptians were agriculturalists. As farmers, they despised shepherding because sheep and goats meant death to crops. So in the course of 400 years, the Egyptians prejudiced the Israelites' attitude towards shepherding. So Alcorn is saying that this change that happened was the influence of the Egyptians. And we don't really know. But it's really interesting that, yeah, Mm -hmm. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob respected. But you're saying by the time we get to the New Testament— they are the lowly of low. They are. They are. They are. They are such of a low position that they're. Um, it says that they weren't even allowed to fill any judicial office. Or they weren't even allowed to be admitted in court as witnesses. So they couldn't be a witness. No. But they yet, were, in Luke two, they God are, chooses them. They are the witnesses as witnesses. It's pretty amazing to think about that. Actually, mm-hmm. it really you know. is. I mean, let, let's just see what it says there in Luke yeah. two. I mean, Linus read it for us. But um, how but, can we do better than Linus? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it says that shepherds were living out in the fields. This is two eight. They're living out in the fields, which is interesting. They live out there with the sheep. That's exactly right. Keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, mm-hmm. and the glory of the Lord of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Mm-hmm. So the, you have these guys that are really disrespected in in the culture of the time and you have God himself because he uses creatures he uses yeah. he uses all creatures to be part of his plan hmm. and he reveals himself the glory of the lord shone around these men and they were afraid and 
As, what do you I, think they were afraid yeah, of? As I, I was getting ready to say, as I look at that, I don't. It doesn't seem to me as if an angel appearing to them terrified them, but the glory of the Lord shining around them hmm. caused that terror. You know, um, maybe it was a combination of both. Oh, but, I'm sure. Yeah, it was all but, a big package that yeah, night. But uh, but when when God's when the Lord's glory shone around them, it freaked them out. And let's look at what the angel said to him. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Mm-hmm. So this is this is what they heard that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, they break out we usually say in song, but I guess it doesn't actually say here that they were singing, but they they were praising God and they were right. saying, the angels were, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Yeah, I mean, to be one of the shepherds there at that moment, to have angels that were created to worship God are, are singing out his praises mm. or proclaiming his praises, praising God. Praising him. That has got to be a pretty awesome sight and a pretty awesome for our for for someone to hear and just to be a part of. I mean that's the thing about Christmas is is it's a reminder that God uses us wherever we are. Mm-hmm. I mean I, you know Christmas is all about Jesus. We understand that. Mm-hmm. It's it's the infant baby in a manger. And we need to realize that's what it's all about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But even in that, that God came as an infant, mm-hmm. the most the most helpless creature that God would create, but it grows to become the most powerful creature that God has created. Hmm. You know, we have you have a baby. A baby cannot survive. Of a newborn baby, you set it out, you know, even a deer, you know, that has a fawn, you know, within a few minutes it's up and walking around. And it could somewhat you know? survive it could for a little some, while, It could probably. somewhat survive. Yeah. You know, but a baby is completely and utterly helpless. Wow. And, and how God would incarnate himself in the most helpless of creatures. But you said it becomes the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, man, you know, man is the, is dominant. But even beyond that, it's Jesus Christ himself, huh. you know, who came as a man and was the only one with the, with the ability and capability of laying his own life down for our sins. Wow. Well, we'll let's, let's take a break now. We're going we're gonna to look a little more at the shepherds and come to some conclusions about who they were and how that kind of affects us today. So uh, Luke 2, great passage. Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Hey, well, thanks for sticking with us. We're back for the second half of our Christmas edition of the Centerpoint Podcast. I'm Billy. 
I'm Lowell. And uh, we're still here, and hopefully you are too. Linus isn't with us anymore, though. No, he had to take off. He had to take off. <laughs> Man, his little voice was the sweetest little voice. I know. I, that's that's kind of where I wanted to start. Like, what what is it about that that moment that is so special in in our memories? It's 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 the innocence of a child reading something so powerful and so uh, important. I well, think. wasn't Linus the the blanket carrier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So and di- he didn't play the piano, did he? Who played the piano? Was that? Uh, Rufus <laughs> had that, that tiny was, little uh, piano. Remember, that was uh, Baldwin. It was uh, it was some somebody some will tell us this week. Yeah, but Linus was the blanket guy. Text us and let us know who yeah. that guy was. Yeah, Linus um, was Karen. Schroeder. Boom! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's you know I think something that's so special to us about that is just yeah the the simplicity of it. The mm-hmm. unremarkable nature of it, mm-hmm. you know, just these little guys, you know, they're just, you got Pigpen, was that his name? Was that the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlie Brown and Peppermint, Peppermint Patty, Peppermint Patty, man, Lucy, Lucy, oh gracious, Lucy. your memory amazes me sometimes, you know, Billy, hey, what but, was the, what was the oldest, what was the oldest daughter's name in the Brady Bunch? What was her name? Oh, I know that. What was it? It was Marsha. Oh, Geek Check, Geek Check, oh, Geek Check, just, just Geek Check. <laughs> You and like two other people get that joke. <laughs> okay, back to back to the shepherds. Back to this. Back yeah. To this so conversation. So we talked about how God uses creatures, and now let's talk about in particular with the shepherds. Mm-hmm. You know what about them was was so uh, interesting, and I and I would just throw two words out here at us: unremarkable, mm-hmm. unaware. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they were, you've already made the point very well that shepherds in that day, I mean, they were. They were nobodies. They really were nobodies. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they most likely were looked at with disdain when they came into a town or a village. They smelled like the sheep. They literally smelled like the sheep. Well, they living lived out, living with, with the, the sheep. sheep. And so someone that's dirty, that spent a lot of time with sheep, dusty and dirty and stinky, and they come in. And they're already treated with, like, you know, you look kind of sideways at them, like, you know, what are they up to? What's so interesting about that is what, what they're doing there around uh, the the villages in the area surrounding Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. I mean, those shepherds are raising the sheep that mm-hmm. are going to die as sacrifices. Yeah. It, um, Jerusalem's only about six miles away, and so there probably was a large group of sheep and hirelings that were that were called to take care of them but think about the just i don't know the conflict that you see there that the whole system of of judaism where they were they were practicing this sacrifices and they needed the perfect lambs Mm -hmm. firstborn for what they're doing Mm -hmm. but yet they held in contempt those that were taking care of them yeah yeah they lifted up this perfect little lamb and they treated like nothing the people that were actually preparing those lambs alcorn says that a shepherd was and in the same kind of group as tax collectors and you know when jesus was with the sinners and the tax mm-hmm, collectors mm-hmm. that shepherds would have been part of that group yeah and that would fall that would fall right in line with what history history says yeah. about them so they're unremarkable and the second thing that's it's interesting about these shepherds is 
how unaware they are mm-hmm. of their grand plan mm-hmm. in this, the grand part that is in the plan. I mean, they show up that night for work. Well, actually, what you're saying is they didn't show up. They lived with the right, sheep. Right. So it's just a regular day, and all of a sudden, an angel appears, and then the heavenly host is with the angels. Yeah, and I, I mean, we're, I'm making an assumption here, but I'm assuming that they probably were not very well educated. Because okay. if they were ha- if they had one of the lowest jobs, all right, it would it would probably fall to people that were less educated. Hmm. So those that were more educated that we referenced before, they may have read the scriptures, they may have understand and read signs and stuff and know these signs. But these these dudes, they were just they're just there. Now we have a quote from the shepherds. They all get together in verse fifteen. It yeah. says, "Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing." That has happened. So the angels didn't show them the baby that night. They didn't see at that point. Mm -hmm. The angels show up. It's not like the angels point and say, okay, there's Jesus. There's the Messiah. Mm -hmm. They tell them about the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And now they leave their flocks, I guess, although a shepherd didn't uh, do that, uh, right? uh, Yeah. Maybe they took them with them. Maybe. Maybe. But they say, let's go and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us, and they take off, they they beat feet to Bethlehem. It mm-hmm. says they hurried off, right? They did, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when you have something that's that experiential like that, something massive that happens in your life, I think of, well, you're going to make fun of me, but I always go to the two on the road to Emmaus. You know, when, when they realized that it was Jesus in their midst, it was the middle of the night, and they didn't really want to go out in the night at at night anyways, people didn't do that. But as soon as they realized that, they got up and left immediately. And it's like they had that same type of anxiousness, that excitedness, that that drive to go and see something or to go and and find find out or tell somebody uh, something. So well, that, the thing, yeah. I feel the same way with these when they, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph. And so if you could flash back in time here, 15 minutes before this moment, okay, that... They're like, they have, hand me, hand me a mutton chop, will you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, it's an every other day life. It is the mm-hmm. boring, humdrum existence mm-hmm. that they had, and they're completely yeah. unaware that God is getting ready to use them in His grand plan. And mm-hmm. and I mean the the application is obvious, it's clear. Mm-hmm. Most of us live our lives, most of our days are just same old, same old, just keep doing mm-hmm. the thing that you do. You get up, you go to work, you do your job, you come Time home. Time to make the donuts. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Most of us are living our lives that way. Mm-hmm. But but when we submit ourselves to God as Lord and Savior, we are opening ourselves up to being used in God's grand plan. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea how or when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it changes your whole existence. Mm-hmm. It changes everything about life. For me, I think I, in my mind, I try to to process: is the you know is something special going to happen, Lord? You know, and to be available at that moment if something does happen for me to be able to react, react for the Lord. Well, and I would throw another word in there: the available is an outstanding one. The, mm-hmm. These shepherds, by the way, there's something significant about the. There's a lot of shepherds. And God came, the, the angel came to these, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were available. But then they were faithful to go and do exactly what yeah. they were told to do. They they were given this message, and they took yeah. off. They were faithful. So that's that's part of this yeah. um, 
being used of God yeah, is, and, is already faithful. And there was a and there was obedience in it. You know, in the town of David, verse eleven, a savior's been born to you. He is the Messiah. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby hmm. wrapped in in claws and lying in a manger. So there's a command, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're, so they're supposed to go. Right. You will find him. You will find him. And they yeah. obeyed, and they were faithful to to that. So so often we you know we we don't like the fact that we kind of live um, an unremarkable life, but the question is. Are we obedient and faithful to do the little things that God puts before us? I mean, if you, mm-hmm. you know, you have somebody in your life that needs Jesus, are you willing to share him with mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. Because if we're not faithful in little things, Jesus is clear. He's not going to give us bigger things, mm-hmm. okay? And I don't, you know, we don't know who these shepherds were. We don't know what their life was before. that. We don't know, very little do we know about this, but we know they faithfully did what they were told to do. Mm-hmm. Well, think of the disciples that Jesus called. He called the disciples, and of the twelve of them, half of those we don't even we don't even know who they are. We know their name, and that's we about know, it. We, we know just about we might nothing. know their father's name, some of them. But yeah. Jesus saw that they were his followers, and he chose these men. Because they were faithful. But they were unremarkable, just mm-hmm. like the shepherds. That's exactly right. And I would suggest... And Jesus himself was unremarkable yeah. in, in his birth and in how he was seen. We know that in Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. Nothing that we should desire him. So it wasn't it wasn't his face. He, it wasn't anything flashy about him physically. But what it was was his words. His words were what held the power. That's why people were amazed, even at 12 years old, at the end of this Luke 2 passage, you know, in the temple, people were amazed at what he said. Well, I like what you where you went there, because you look at verse 17, it says, when they had seen him, and him there is the infant Jesus, okay? Mm-hmm. When they had seen him, they, and the, they is the shepherds, mm-hmm. okay? So when the shepherds had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Mm-hmm. Now, that's interesting. It is. It's an interesting. It, it, it's interesting, interesting what said. they are spreading the word about. Right. You you think they'd be like, we saw these angels yeah. and all this stuff, but it seems to infer in in concerning what had been told them about this child. So it wasn't we saw angels. Wasn't that awesome? They were communicating what they had received, what they heard orally, you know, yes. through their through their hearing. And let's just review what that was. It was, I bring you good news that causes great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's what they told. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I'm sure that in their lives, they told the story of these angels. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we're not suggesting that they never mentioned it again. They were silent about it. Mm-hmm. But when Luke recorded this, the thing that the Spirit of God impressed upon his mind was that was important to say was that they spread the word about what had been told them. Mm-hmm. So what we need to see here is it's not necessarily the experience that is the significant part of what we share with people. It is the word. It is what we know to be true about Jesus. So it's not the angels that's going to convince people that Jesus is the Christ. It's the word. That's right. That's that's going to convince people Mm -hmm. that Jesus is the Christ. And if you look at verse 18, 
well, before I say that, think about these these guys. No one even cared what they had to say. That you know, they knew this, they understood this, and yet they still went mm. and were spreading the word. So they can't bear witness in a, in a in a judicial court case. They can't hold any judicial office. Their words are not trustworthy. They're probably going to be stealing or or thieving something. And yet they they put that they didn't care. They they wanted to communicate what they had been told and let everyone that they came into contact with know. So it says they spread the word concerning what had been told them, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mm. That even that is kind of curious in in the passage because yeah, people could be amazed at what's said, but do we know did these people turn? These people turn to to the Messiah. What did they? Well, you know, what do they do? We don't know, but I'm sure a bunch of people are like, "Oh, that's really, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, that's really cool. Wow, that's really amazing." With really no change, maybe some changed, maybe some didn't. Well, I mean, we know from the New Testament that not many followers of Jesus were there that day when he was crucified. Yeah, I mean, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it, you say, did people did people realize who Jesus was? I would say the the vast majority did not. Mm-hmm. But in the passage, one person did. We know one person did. His his mom, Mary. Mm. Because she treasured up, because there's a contrast here, but all who heard this were amazed what the shepherd said, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mm. She placed them in her heart, knowing what the truth was that had just happened, the Messiah being born. You know, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of Romans 1. It says in verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the mm-hmm. Greek. We don't have to have some extraordinary tale no. of angels or healings or miracles or walking on water. The, mm-hmm. Those things are fine, well and fine. And, and and there was definitely a time when God used all of that. But yeah. it is the word that changes people's That's lives. Right. Even, the, even the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians he says, not many of you were wise by human standards, not many of you were influential, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things, the lowly, and think about the shepherds, things of this world and despise things, things that are not to nullify the things that are. Mm. God is using not just low, he uses, he, he can in his plan, in his perfect intricate glorious plan he uses all types of creatures yet he seems to use those that are in low positions that have i maybe the most trust in him because they have the least you know we're called to trust in god's word we're taught to called to trust in god's plan and if we do that throughout our day walking through our day the mundaneness of our day waiting for god to give us an opportunity to point people to him through his word. You know, we can do this if we if we open our eyes and see those opportunities. Well, coming to you through your phone or your computer or whatever it is, we want to say Merry Christmas. And uh, we trust that 2019 has been a great year for you in following Jesus. And we look forward to, to the coming year mm-hmm. of just um, submitting our life completely to him as our Lord and Savior. Just mm-hmm. know that he uses creatures like us unremarkable, unaware to accomplish this plan. All he calls us to do is just spread the word about Mm -hmm. what we've heard.
Mm-hmm. That's all he calls us to do. Spread the word of what we've heard. That's, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's well, thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you missed anything, check out our show notes on our on our website, centerpointwv.org. Just click in the podcast section, and uh, this this specific podcast, you'll find some more information. Just remember that we are nothing fancy. Like the shepherds, we're nothing fancy. But we want to be real, just like Jesus is. 